I'm Ashley Baxter, the founder of With Jack. And after so many years helping freelancers stay in business, I'm no stranger to the kinds of problems you face. But freelancing doesn't mean having to face these problems alone. In a lot of these situations, there is help available. I'd like to share these stories with you so that you can be a confident freelancer. I get asked a lot of questions about the professional indemnity policy. And that's because it can be quite a complex product to understand. So I'm going to answer your frequently asked questions in this episode. So let's start with how it works. How can this policy that costs £14 a month provide you with legal help? So to answer that, we kind of have to delve into the business model of insurance, I guess. Um, But don't worry, we'll keep it fun-ish. Okay, let's say we have 1,000 freelance web designers and the insurer has data about the common risks these web designers face and how much a typical claim costs to defend and all sorts of other factors that contribute to how much your professional indemnity policy costs. These figures that I'm about to share are completely hypothetical, but we know that, for example, out of the 1,000 web designers, maybe only 5% will have to claim on their insurance. And those PI claims may cost an average of £20,000 to defend. Now, that £20,000 is a lot of money for a freelance web designer. You know, maybe they'd have to sell their house to pay for those legal costs or go into debt trying to defend themselves. But because we've had 1,000 designers each put a little bit of money into the pot, it means that the few designers who will face legal action can take the £20,000 from that pot to pay for their legal costs. This has happened to me quite a lot, but people have contacted me in the thick of a legal situation asking if they can sign up to With Jack today to get access to legal help instantly for £14. And of course the answer is no, as much as I'd love to help you, the entire business model that's enabling freelancers to access legal help for so cheap would collapse. So it's best that you get insured as soon as you start trading so that if you are one of the web designers who will face legal action at some point in their career, you have help available for a fraction of what it would cost if you were uninsured. Let's talk about the professional indemnity policies being in a claims made basis and what that means. So professional indemnity insurance is on a claims made basis, meaning the policy covers claims that are notified during the policy period, which isn't necessarily when the incident occurred. Let me give you an example. Let's say a graphic designer creates packaging for a client in May 2018 before they were insured. But the packaging doesn't go to print until January 2019, at which point they are insured and they realise there's been a typo. So the client now has 10,000 products with packaging that has a typo. They seek compensation from the graphic designer to cover the cost of reprinting as well as loss of income because the products are now delayed. Because the graphic designer didn't have insurance at the time of the job when the typo occurred, 
they wouldn't be covered. And this is why it's important to get insured when you start your business, but to also maintain insurance for a period of time after you stop trading or finish a job. There are some industries where it is common for mistakes uh, only to be discovered weeks or months after the job is completed. And uh, based on my own experience as a freelance photographer, I kept insurance in place for a further two years when I stopped freelancing, just in case any clients popped back up to say, we don't like the photos that you took. (laughs) Um, Now, you might be thinking, but Ashley... If I'm not freelancing anymore, I don't want to be spending hundreds of pounds on insurance. That's understandable. And you can ask your insurer about putting your policy into runoff cover, which covers work carried out before the trading stopped. And that usually lowers your premium. Okay, let's touch upon retroactive dates. We've talked about policies being on a claims-made basis, so you have nothing to worry about if you've got insured from when you first started trading. But the reality is that a lot of freelancers don't do that. The concept of insurance for freelancers is still relatively new, so a lot of people, despite trading for months or a year or so, are only just coming across this now. If you've been providing a service to clients for some time without insurance and you do want to backdate cover so that all of your past work is insured, you can ask the insurer about adding a retroactive date. So that's a date in the past which your insurers agreed to cover you from. Usually this is the date that you bought insurance. But some insurers are happy to backdate cover even if you haven't had insurance provided there have been no claims and there's nothing that you're currently aware of that could lead to a claim. It might add a little bit more onto the premium, but as you heard from our scary graphic design story above about the packaging with the typo, which is a true story, then it is worth covering your tracks. Let's talk about jurisdiction. 96.2% of my job as a broker is answering questions that are already covered in the policy documents, but that's that's fine. Nobody wants to look at their policy documents. That's a place you don't want to go, just like the dentist. So this is one of the most common questions that I get. Am I covered for work outside of the UK? The answer is dependent on the insurer that you're with, and you will find the answer in your policy document. So look for part of the schedule that talks about jurisdiction. Now, if you're a with Jack customer, your professional indemnity policy only excludes US and Canada jurisdiction by default. So what that means is that if any claims arise under US or Canadian courts, your policy wouldn't cover them. Don't worry, we can change the jurisdiction if you need US or Canadian cover but it does increase the price because it's a lot more expensive to defend legal threats in those countries. If you have a US client, it is worth looking over the contract with them to see what courts any claims would be governed by. So if it's a US client, but the jurisdiction is in UK courts, then your policy might cover you. Again, check the policy documents. Um, Every policy is different, so it is worth checking your documents or speaking to your insurer. Okay, the, the last thing I'm going to talk about is the policy excess. If you've bought other insurance products before, like home insurance and pet insurance, then you will be familiar with how excesses work. 
But what's worth noting about the professional indemnity excess is that it only applies to damages, not legal fees. In some cases, you don't have to pay the excess. It gets deducted from the claim. I'll give you two examples. Example one, a client threatened a freelancer with legal action and refused to pay their invoice. The outstanding invoice was £5,000. The policy's mitigation cost clause meant the insurer paid the freelancer the unpaid invoice minus the policy excess. So the freelancer didn't pay the excess, it was deducted from the unpaid invoice. Example 2. A client accused a freelancer of copyright infringement seeking damages of £7,500. The insurer paid £7,000 and the freelancer contributed the £500 excess. So like I said, it's applicable to the damages that will be paid under the policy, not the legal fees. I hope that helps to clear some confusion up. So let's recap. The reason legal fees are affordable, thanks to professional indemnity insurance, is because a large number of freelancers are each putting a small amount of money into a pot, knowing that a percentage of those freelancers will have to use money from the pot to pay for their legal fees. So you're exchanging the possibility of expensive upfront legal fees for the certainty of a lower cost. Professional indemnity insurance is on a claims made basis, meaning the policy covers claims that are notified during the policy period, but not necessarily when the incident occurred. So this is why it's important to maintain professional indemnity insurance after you stop trading or once a job is complete, because sometimes mistakes can be discovered weeks or months after the job is finished. A retroactive date is a date in the past which your insurer has agreed to cover you from, which is usually when you first bought insurance. As I mentioned above, mistakes are sometimes discovered weeks or months after the job is completed. So it's a good idea to cover your tracks from day one and get insured as soon as you start trading so that your retroactive date reflects the period you started your business. Every policy is different, so you want to check your policy documents to see what jurisdiction is covered. This is especially important if you work with clients outside of the UK. Most policies exclude US jurisdiction by default, so that is something to be mindful of if you work with US clients. The professional indemnity excess, depending on the nature of the claim, might not be paid out of your own pocket. For example, with the mitigation costs clause where the insurer will pay your unpaid invoice to avoid a claim of a greater amount, the excess will be deducted from the payout. However, if damages have to be paid to a client, the insurer will cover the cost of the damages minus the excess, which you will cover. I'm Ashley, the founder of With Jack. Thank you for listening to Unsure Insure. If you enjoyed the episode and you did learn something new, then tell a friend and leave a review. 